0: One. came in 19 to 1 I've got a
1: feeling This year is for me and you.
0: So happy Christmas I love you baby I can see a better time
1: When all are true Hey everybody, welcome to reporting as eligible. Paul Noonan of Active Packing Company and Shepard Express. We are racing frantically against JR's battery life on his computer. Uh, and oh, we'll make it. We'll make it. We'll make it. Okay, we'll we'll see. We got like twenty six questions, um, and uh, I guess we can intro you because you're not in Urban Wauwatosa, which is weird N- and disturbing. Not
0: this time. Yeah, no, it's true. I'm out in uh, in downtown Milwaukee as it would ha- as it would happen in the big. My city. name is JR JR Radcliffe, training sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, hanging out hanging out in my normal office here, which is kind of nice, although we've had some tech difficulties all the same. So it, it, it's a normal show. A normal, <laughs> it normal is.
1: reporting is eligible. It is a normal show. Um, uh, let's let's just dispense with formalities here. Um, Matt is, here, is also here. Hey, is-
2: what's happening, everybody? My name is Matt Bionkali, a backup packing company, meme weaver, and uh, whiskey wizard of the Twitter.com.
1: Mm. Oh, is that, th- is that the thing this week?
2: Uh, yeah, after I... Called my shot on the Packers being a second half team. That was.
1: Uh, oh yeah, that was great. That was good work. That, yes, that was an excellent. I'm one. disappointed
0: that we're rocking only an audio medium, given how sweet Matub's Christmas sweater it's is. It's pretty great. Particularly, yeah.
2: you know, what? I I put a selfie in the Acme
0: Packing Company Slack chat. I'll put that up on uh, on Twitter for you guys. All right, cool. Yeah, you do that cool. anyway. Wouldn't you? You including, would you? You would, including including a picture of me. Usually, while I'm looking off to the side or like. I don't know, doing something ridiculous. I'm, I can't even wait to see what this one's going to look like. I know. Since I've been sliding side to side trying to fix my computer.
1: I, I'm drinking an Advent calendar beer, um, which is weird than I've never heard of any of them so far. It's fine. They might all be the same beer in different cans, but we'll never know for sure. Hmm. It's the way Advent was supposed to be celebrated, I think. I think that's how Jesus did it. Half hammered? Half that's exactly yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn. All right. All um, right. So uh we should probably talk about football. Um <laughs> we're having technical difficulties <laughs> right now too, but they're the awesome. Are so so real hilarious. Guys. So um so uh we, we 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 like we're good. We're good, right? We're just good. Our team is good at football. Good. Yeah. We beat we beat the Chiefs who were good and then we beat the Lions who were good. And uh we're like a big scary monster team now. And uh that's how I'm gonna go with this. So um that game ruled. I think
2: I think that we are the the plucky team plucky that people team. don't want to see in the wild card.
1: Absolutely true. And um, that game was brilliant. Um, I oh, so good. don't remember feeling this excited about a Packer game. Um, like I, I know I have ever, but not not over the last few Rogers seasons where expectations have been high, and I feel like th- they've won some good ones, but they've also kind of underperformed a lot of the time and not won by enough. And he does dumb stuff on third down like this was just a great all-around performance everybody played well they weren't expected to win and they were actually pretty dominant in it even though the score was close at the end um and all of our young players are all good even the defensive ones it, it, i don't know it's just it, it's such a it, it, kicker he made kicks uh it, it <laughs> um it's, it's just good across the board I like that I,
2: was that was got to be one of the hardest quote-unquote gimme kicks of all time right
1: well i don't know who would call it? Did somebody call it a
2: gimme? Let's talk about the forty-eight. Yes, people yarder, were right? like, "It's it's straight on." Obviously, he should get it.
1: No, forty-eight yarders at Lambeau are hard. Like that's very very <laughs> especially, difficult.
2: Especially, did you hear the broadcaster? Like he missed some going this direction in warm ups. Oh, great! Like, thanks. I would
1: love to hear that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I mean, obviously, I only cared about Taylor Swift for the majority of this Heck game. Yeah. So I, I, I'm just I, I have to come back to this thing where. I really, Paul, you convinced me that Jordan Love wasn't gonna happen. I don't even know if you tried to do that, or I don't even know if you really felt that way, but you convinced me that it wasn't going to happen, that 25-year-olds just don't become more accurate. And then the next the the past four games have been a completely different sample. So I don't know. I I I still feel like it's too small. I still can't buy it. It's just not big enough, the sample. But man, he looks like (laughs) a he looks like an all-pro cat, not all pro, that's too strong, but Probo caliber quarterback out yeah. there, and he, he, he's, he's making plays, man. He,
2: he looks like ninety-two Favre.
1: He looks so much better. Um, and like over the last four weeks, I think he is second in QBR and second in EPA per play. O- only Purdy's ahead of everybody because Purdy's ahead of everybody. Um, he's gonna win MVP, right? I, well,
2: Brock Purdy. Yeah,
1: nerds hate Brock Purdy. <laughs> Matt hates Brock. Purdy. I don't. Oh, I actually man. like Brock Purdy. I think he's better. Than I don't Bruce. hate Brock Purdy. Sure Why you are do? you saying I hate?
0: Ryan hates Brock.
1: Well, Purdy. Ryan hates him more than anybody else hates him. But what I you- just
2: think Brock Purdy looks like the guy
1: from Can't Hardly Wait, which he does, which is I think uh, I think in his favor, honestly. Like, sure. what happened to that guy? Uh,
0: is his, that guy in other he, movies?
2: Uh, I think he's okay. So my friend Jenny actually like literally ran into him a couple of years ago. <laughs>
1: so, like, I know that he's still alive. Well, that's good. Congrats <laughs> on still being alive. I feel like they were priming him for bigger stuff and just never happened. Um, But, like, I mean, I've had to do a 180 on Jordan Love, too, because that's true. They usually don't get more accurate. It's just not a thing that happens. Um, But it's happened more recently for a lot of NFL quarterbacks. So that might be over. Like, when Josh Allen got good, we were all kind of like, oh, that's going to break quarterback analysis for the next 10 years with people being like, oh, that guy might be the next Josh Allen. Turns out, no, that's just a thing now. Um, If you look around the league, the teams that are smart and have good offensive systems and are patient and good organizations have a lot of good quarterbacks from a lot of non-standard quarterback stock. Like Jalen Hurts is a second round quarterback and is very, very good. And Brock Purdy is a seventh round quarterback and is very, very good. Um, And, and, you know, we we can always go back to Josh Allen as well, who is very, very good. Uh, CJ Stroud is playing for Shanahan people in Houston. So I think maybe, maybe, um, I mean, it's always been important to land in the right spot. Like, if you if you land with the Bears, you're just kind of screwed. Sorry for that, but um, I I think that offense has gotten sophisticated enough that uh, you can, if you're a quarterback, like people can work with your tools now. Uh, it's not just about one thing or being like the prototypical, you know, Steve Young perfect accuracy passer. Like, if you're good at some things, everybody's good at getting the best out of you now, and it's it's nice. We have we have a team that did that. Yay. <laughs> Um, every, was anybody bad in this game?
0: Yeah. Oh, it, Campbell.
2: Devon, oh, Devon oh. Campbell
0: was bad. Oh, yeah, he was kind of bad. I'm just looking for something there. Because no, Jonathan Owens I mean, was also bad. Oh, <laughs> how dare you? Simone Biles was a, was a content Look, fountain. I refuse to hear slander. Out, about Jonathan
2: Owens. Outside of Jonathan Owens having a completely legal hit on Pat Mahomes that was flagged. Yeah. He was. He did not have a very good game. All right. But also Devondre Campbell, he was always like in the place he was supposed to be two steps too late. He has got a bad case of the old.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think he's well, he's just a little old.
0: Good news is everybody's young except for him. So it's working out. It's working out. Christian Watson was amazing. Romeo yeah. Dobbs is amazing. I'm just reading off your – let's just go through the rundown. Yeah. Romeo Dobbs, Tucker Craft, Dontavian Dav- 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 Wicks, you know, Ben Sims – Malik Heath, even Jaden Reed. Well, Jaden Reed maybe. did not
1: have a great game. I would say he was the other one who was kind of bad, but not terrible. Just like uh, kind of took a back seat and wasn't super explosive when he caught the ball. And okay. I think he might still jump- be hurt too. He's he had a chest thing for a while, right? That's mm. that's his problem. Yeah, he'll
2: like he will randomly appear on the on the on injury, injury report, report mid, yeah. midweek. <laughs>
1: But it doesn't matter because well, he was think... like the fifth guy in targets. So who cares? And he was still totally fine and taking up double teams and stuff. But uh, I, even like lo- the line was pretty good. Like it, it was just all working on offense. Uh, LeFleur, I think, called his best game um, maybe ever. Certainly of the post rogers era. F- like for sure, the guys were wide open all the time. Um, it, it, AJ Dillon looked good again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's just hard to say a bad thing about him. And they do so many different things. Uh, that's the other thing that's fun about this young team. Like, Watson is a good burner. He is good with the ball in his hands. He gets hurt all the time. But um, he, f- he learned how to catch when he's covered and it <laughs> is, is now amazing at it, apparently uh, Romeo started just taking that. I have good hands thing that to, to, to heart and catches everything thrown his way. I uh, the- Collinsworth said he had vice grips for hands. Yeah. Th- and <laughs> we used to, when we started saying that about Romeo in the, ch- in the slack, we were making fun of him because yeah, he had better hands than the rest of them, but he still didn't have good hands objectively speaking. But then ever since then he's, he's literally caught everything that's been thrown to him. Um,
2: I mean, he, was that was that slant on like third down? Like it was a money down that he got a first a new set of downs on and uh, took just a monster shot.
1: Yep, and he had to he had to catch the ball like out in front of him. Well, and the bomb was on fourth and one, like the the prayer bomb. Oh, that that was a drop the in the
2: bucket. Also, can we talk about what, like. The announcement announcing staff, a.k.a. just Chris Collinsworth, was saying every nice thing in the world about Patrick Mahomes, and then Jordan Love throws arguably the best pass of his career. Not even arguably. That was the best pass of his career. It was a fadeaway, drop in the
1: bucket. It was amazing. Collinsworth goes, he must be good at cornhole. It's like, shut up, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I don't have the announcers on when I listen to football. Just make you mad. So at
0: first that play, the fourth down – I thought he screwed it up. Like, first of all, AJ Dillon was open, wide up, wide open in the middle to get the first down. So fourth and one, he hucks it deep. I thought, why would he do that? That's not his strength. It's well, it's an evolving strength, I guess. (laughs) It's going to put the Chiefs in a situation to legitimately win the football game. I was so distressed. And then when he caught it, when Romeo caught it, I thought, well, that was into triple coverage. That was really risky. They got super lucky. And then you have to watch the replay to realize how good of a throw it was. And I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't completely devoid of luck. I guess one of the Chiefs could have stuck, stuck a stuck a fingertip in there or something. But it was a really well executed, well executed moment. Just a just crazy number of moments that Jordan Love had in this football game.
1: Yeah, he was brilliant. He was on target. He was making every single read correctly um fell off just a hair late when they got a little conservative but i mean still was brilliant all things around it, there was even a late play that was supposed to be a screen i think to craft um that the chiefs blew up like they got somebody right in his face somebody missed a block and his- it was it, it was
2: so uh craft actually um had to do like a bluff block and then um love had yeah i think it was it was someone up the middle there's like i think a blitzer that didn't get identified yeah and then um uh, Sorry, I don't know if you can hear my dogs fighting in the back. No, no, you're fine. Uh, okay. Um. Uh, and so yeah, like he had to get rid of it way faster than he wanted to, but Kraft had just green grass in front of him it was a perfectly called
1: play it was and i still think it wasn't that even that bad of a throw because it was a throw away from the guy who was guarding craft who was still tangled up with him and it was one of those plays where if craft is just a little more alert he still might grab that blown up play and run for a touchdown so i even like that bad throw that he had
2: yeah because i mean it was it was in a spot where either his guy gets it or no one gets it
1: yeah exactly which is what you want
0: just Those brilliant. touchdowns to Watson, man, that's that's the start of his reel, the uh, the Hall of Fame reel. Oh, I, I, yeah, I got to talk <laughs> about,
1: you have to talk about, I think it was the second one Um, th- that was like a Watson late, late over the middle play where Love like goes through all, you can see him go through all of his progressions and there's nothing there and there are just a ton of Chiefs within like a foot of him. And I've everybody every other quarterback in the league I think panics there, throws it away, or just goes down. And instead, he just like completely resets. You can just see him like up, oh, starting over. Like um, he steps up like a foot. He's still cr- in the crowd and just calmly hits Watson with like guys all around him. After sitting there for like four seconds, um, it was a such a brilliant like veteran play where. I feel like every rookie quarterback in the world panics the, the hell or runs out of that and he's just cool. Like he's such a cool character. He he seems to never lose his cool. All right, what about the
0: defense? Do we like it? Is Joe Barry coming back? He's coming back. <laughs>
1: he's definitely coming back.
0: Are we sure of that? I really don't know if I believe that to be def- definitive.
1: It sure seems like it, but I don't know if I believe it, guys. Like it, it, is the theory still up there? If if there are friends available, they might go for friends over Joe. I think the problem is like Joe's metrics are not terrible. Like this is, they're like fifteenth in defense. They're they're like in the middle. They're a middle tier defensive team. Right.
2: But he still gave up like 150 yards again.
1: You know, he's got the same old on, Joe Berry problems. But like, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna look like at the end of the season that he took a bad defense, which was his fault, but that had a lot like had a lot of players that are decent on it and lost a lot of players like Razul and didn't play with Jair much of the season um, and added a bunch of young players and that they improved. I feel like the the narrative for Joe is going to be really solid. And so that's why I think he'll be back. But I mean, if Matt's got a friend out there who he likes more, they could, they could do that. <laughs> well, hopefully Sally gets fired because that's the
2: only
0: shot of not having Barry. That's the best friend available.
1: <laughs> yep. But uh, I, we've, we I know we have a lot of questions on Joe Barry, but he has the same Joe Barry problems he always has. Like they still got gouged on the ground up the middle, and uh, with by Pacheco, who's not even that good, honestly. Um, but power running always gets this team, and they still are just dumb on third and long. I don't think there's any other way to put it. Like they seem to not understand what the goal is on third and long. I feel like the goal that Joe Barry always has is don't give up a touchdown on third and eighteen, which is a stupid goal to have. <laughs> Your goal is to force a punt, you dope. Uh, third and eleven too. Like <laughs> the third and eighteen was horrible. It was horrible. Uh, I, I, I wish that I, I don't know if someone should put the Auburn Alabama game on in front of him, Clockwork Orange style, for like ten straight hours, where Auburn rushed two and Alabama got into the playoffs because Auburn rushed two. Like it almost happened oh, on man. the end at, on the last pass of the game too. That's they rushed three that were nowhere. Nobody was anywhere close to Mahomes. So like.
2: Tell you what, I will volunteer to be his eyedropper
0: guy for that. (laughs) (laughs) This team, though, is going to get beat by a third and long or fourth and long play in the playoffs if they make the playoffs, which looks more and more real every day. Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. It's going to be a fourth and
1: twenty-six Redux, man. It is. Why would you say? Why would you say that? Because it is. Because Joe Barry does. Because it it is. That was basically a fourth and twenty-six Redux. It was Andy Reid. It was. It was against us. Oh my gosh. Oh, it was Andy. Reed. Yes, it was Andy Reid. He's Guess good at was. that. Um, but yes, it's a um, problem, and it's a, it's a very problem. It's a ph- philosophical thing, and it's. Um, and go, everybody should go look at Andy Herman's screenshots of people wide open against our dropping eight coverage and just send them all to Joe Barry at the stage. Did,
2: did you see Ross Uglum? Uh, he's like, hey, look, here's Travis Kelsey wide open. Yes. Here's Travis Kelsey
1: wide, wide open. open again. Just like, terrible. Just terrible. Like,
0: he's like, they have one receiver. It's Travis Kelsey and you left him open. Yep. But something has to be said for the way the defensive backs have operated without Jair Alexander, because it's true that they've got a Valentine Valentine thing going on. And it's not burning them down the field. Yes, Travis Kelsey was open a lot, but it's not burning them down the field. They haven't had coverage so, breakdowns to leave like MVS yeah. wide open.
2: We right. have a we have a masterpiece of a Patreon question about that exact oh uh, really topic, and I kind of want to
1: save it. Okay, okay let's save do it. that. However, I I will just really quickly before we move on from it, um, say I do feel like a lot of their issues on defense are not individual efforts so much as they are um, the, the wrong, the wrong scheme for the wrong down and, um, dropping eight and not rushing people on third and 18 is I think exactly what Andy Reid would like you to do. I think that is his preferred defense that he would like to be facing because it gives you time to get guys downfield 18 yards and it gives them time to get open because Mahomes isn't going to get caught by three guys uh, ever because he's fast and three guys won't get home. So like, that's what you... That is exactly the play call you want in that situation. And so, yeah, I think individual effort on all the DBs is pretty good. It's just you got to put them in the right position to win.
0: You made this point on the rundown that I have a little trouble understanding or at least contextualizing that the Packers are second in the NFL in terms of length of opposing drive. It takes three minutes for the defense to get off the field, (laughs) three minutes of game clock time. Is that right? That is correct.
1: And the point of that is that Um, a a lot of people have made something of the fact that the Packers haven't allowed that many points over the last several games, their defense as a point defense is pretty good. Um, but a lot I'm of sure. that is because that people are
0: rushing all over them.
1: Yes, people are and rushing all over them, which left. wastes time. Uh, the Packer offense is not as slow as it was with Aaron, but it's still a slow offense, so it also wastes still, time. Okay, the
2: the first drive of the game, they were in the hurry up the whole time, and it took eight minutes. It so, seriously, almost took a couple quarters. There were only
1: like uh, four drives in the first half, right? Like, it,
2: there there were there were two drives in the first quarter. Yeah, there
1: was... <laughs> So a lot of that, the, a lot of the pure point um stats are just that there's not that many plays in a Packer game. And the defense is actually a big part of that. Uh the defense does not get people off the field. And so they give up long, long time consuming drives, which are uh they're slow and that is helpful kind of, but it also, you know, disguises the fact that they're they're pretty easy to move the ball on. That's all.
0: Uh Keyshawn Nixon was Start of the game, maybe. After, even though all those offensive guys were great, Keyshawn Nixon with the amazing interceptions and returns. Well, he did. You see the post game interview where he said it was all film.
1: That was awesome. Yeah. It was great. Um, so I, for,
2: for the listeners who didn't see it, yeah. um, Nixon said that he was watching film for uh, was it mannerisms? He said, yep. And and he saw that um, what the tapping when Mahomes taps his knee, what that check means, and he like just ran his guys route for him. Oh, that was beautiful.
1: and just a great read and recognition on that play when he sees it coming uh no effort at all from Skymore to break it up but i I think that is the play of the game i think that'll be on a lot of um best of the year lists when it's all said and done um and kind of like what we were just talking about it was a great individual play from Keyshawn nixon to actually make that happen uh and you know good good tape study and whatnot but it's not like he was helped by a scheme there. He just made the correct read and made a great athletic play and ran that route like he was the receiver on it. Um, but yeah, that it really did win the game for them, I think. That allowed them to go from a five-point lead to an eight-point lead. They, they turned that into a field goal. And, you know, five-point lead against Mahomes is... Much, much more dangerous than that eight point lead. At least felt like, all right, worst case here, we're going to overtime. We can maybe stop them on the two point conversion. And you know, it didn't even come down to well, that. we had
0: at that point we had already stopped them on the two point yeah. conversion. Yeah, and yeah, that was the thing about the officiating decision. You know, the obviously the terrible call that did not call pass interference. And we can talk about the officiating too, but they they um, that was pass interference
2: on Marquez, that was OPI. Uh,
0: okay. <laughs> they had, just, but they, they had he was, to, but they—they had the defender
2: was playing the ball and Marquez impeded him. That was OPI.
1: Matt, he was Fight all over me. his okay. back.
0: It's, he was playing he the ball. He jumped on his back. He was playing the okay. ball. Listen, listen, keep dreaming. But it's fine because they still had to essentially score a touchdown twice. They would have had to score from whatever that is, the five, and then also hit the two point conversion. It absolutely could have happened. The Chiefs are the most dynamic, creative offense on earth, but it isn't. It, you know, like if it had been just a six point game or seven point, if it had just been six or seven points, I would have said I, I would have felt much worse, I guess, as a Packers fan. Oh, yeah. They still needed quite a lot there. And they did. Two they, point they conversion They could have done it. They yeah. maybe could have done it.
1: Two point conversion is like a 40 percent league wide um, proposition for the Chiefs. It maybe is a little better than that, like 45 mm-hmm. or 50. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It, it adds a huge it like cuts to your odds of winning hugely if you've got to get that two point or two. So, yeah, I was feeling pretty good about that, too.
0: Really appreciated how the Chiefs handled that afterwards. Both Mahomes and Kelsey asked about those plays at the end, including the, uh, whatever, pass interference on a Hail Mary. Like, give me a break, guys. We've we've lived through the Hail Mary. There's no such thing.
2: uh, (laughs) Justice said it best, and he actually retweeted himself from like two months ago. He said, I'm pretty sure you could use a firearm on a Hail Mary and it wouldn't be called. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, it's true. Uh, so, but, they, but they, they did not buy into that at all. They're like the Packers were the better team or, or, you know, we still didn't make more plays. And I mean, I think they're right. Like the Packers were the better team. That's the crazy thing yep. about this game is not that they got lucky or that they, you know, grinded one out. You know, they just, it was a close game because of the pace, but they were, they were the better football team. That's, that's wild to me. And I think that that's two weeks in a row against teams that are going to the playoffs teams that are probably going to win their division that, they were the better football team, yep. and I could not have envisioned this a few
2: no weeks way. ago. Uh, well, right now the Packers' odds are a plus 2,000 to win the division, so get your bets in mm. now.
1: <laughs> Packers outgained the Chiefs 382 yards to 337. Chiefs had a turnover. Packers didn't. Um, the Packers were actually penalized more than the Chiefs were, so if you want to lean on the refs for too much, don't. Um, and yeah, the Packers just out outgained, outplayed them, and um one of the best defenses in the league and they they scored the most points that have been put up on the Chiefs this year against them so and the
2: second second most passing yards yep. so far against them and not by much i think the most they gave up is 259 and love had 253 so
1: yeah lots to be proud of in this one
0: what was your favorite taylor swift moment before we get to questions
2: um the time when she said she wanted to unalive herself <laughs> What? Oh, you, I don't know you, what you're you talking about. Seen, you haven't seen that. You you haven't seen that clip going around? No, no, I have. Oh, not. it was it was. I think it was after the the Hail Mary. Someone was like filming her in the press box, and she said, "I'm gonna f in KMS."
0: <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand. I I guess I I guess I hadn't yet bought in that she huh. was that invested <laughs> in the on field. That's product. really invested.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, I only saw um, one shot of her in the game. I was not paying that close of attention to Taylor. They were but, careful. Yeah, they, they seemed to not put her on too much.
0: Yeah, definitely that was a thing. And we, I, I don't need to talk about it. Just the the level, I think, of vitriol from some people who were getting really frustrated with this Taylor Swift coverage, which which I do understand to some degree, um, and in other degrees I I, I don't understand it. I, we saw the power of Swifties getting out there and, and, and doxing a few people for uh, for posting flight information, which, oh, wow, I completely... Forgot about that aspect of it. That's not fun, but I do think the broadcast tried to play it down to a degree and make it more about the, fe- the football, which was really good. So yeah. that certainly helped it. Like if, if it's a three touchdown game, I think you probably see Taylor Swift more often. Probably so. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it, I thought it was perfect. But by far, my favorite thing was the tweet afterwards that the uh, the, the song that she writes about the officials in this game is going to be such a banger. It <laughs> <laughs> was such a good tweet. <laughs> <sighs> uh, I love it. Shall we get to questions? Let's do it. All right, Donald Anderson. I swear, hand to God, I thought of Donald Anderson the second this play happened toward the end of the game, when uh, when Jonathan Owens was hit with a personal foul penalty. He said, "Update: The Packers have gone zero games since receiving a personal foul, but that one was so wrong. I am retiring this bit."
2: Okay, I don't, Shoulder I don't like want, want him to retire this bit. What I That's want him to bet. do is to to uh, like count it as a negative. So like we have to start as like it's been. One week, week since you looked at me, me. Yeah. Knocked your head to the side and said you're
0: angry. <laughs> shoulder <laughs> tackling. Yes, I got it. I got it. Um shoulder tackling an elusive ball carrier inbounds is uh is not a is not a thing. And the refs doubled down on that after the game, which kind of blew me away. They're a so bit,
1: bad on, on the pool report at doing that. They never yeah. admit to doing anything wrong. It's very annoying. And it does not help your credibility, yeah. it hurts it. Yeah.
0: All right, back to Donald's question. The in-game player swaps at left tackle and right guard seem to be working. The offensive line seems to be playing better since they started this. Am I seeing things? And if I am not, why is this working? Uh,
1: It is. It does seem to be working. It's weird. Usually offensive line continuity is better than swapping guys in and out. I do not know. Um, It is maybe maybe guys were getting tired. Maybe Sean Ryan is getting in there for run-specific downs. But... I don't really think that is the case. So I so, think it's probably just noise. But I have a theory. Okay.
2: Um, I think it's competition. Because uh like Rashid Walker posted a picture of himself like during the like at like a game picture of himself on his Twitter. Like he's not usually an active tweeter, but like he's like, Here's me playing left tackle like <laughs> So I just <laughs> wonder right. if it's Maybe. like I wonder if there's like some kind of internalized competition among the the swap
1: ease competition works sometime that's a good enough theory too but it is unusual that it, and it is unusual that it's working <laughs> um but i don't know uh, we uh, so i wish somebody would ask but maybe it's also camaraderie building to some extent um you know if you can hand off and tag out every once in a while and uh, say hey good games i don't know. I, I got nothing yeah <laughs> it's weird <laughs> keep doing it though
0: Jonathan Deal said, assuming Jordan either stays at the near elite level or continues to progress, where does the 2020 quarterback class rank among other notable classes like the 2004 and 1984 classes?
1: Okay, we can't compare it to the 1984 <laughs> class. Why not?
2: Okay, how many Hall of Famers came out of the 1984 class? Well, like two? I mean, no, uh, I, gonna... I, should, I should go Is back. Is it quarterbacks? What's that? So I mean, you've got Elway and Marino, obviously. Yeah, that's, that's the two, um, right? Like you've got the goat and a guy probably in the top ten. Um, you had uh, the guy the Jets took,
1: Ken O'Brien, right?
2: Ken O'Brien, like legitimate Pro Bowler, He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but okay, but how many how many um, drafts have surefire Hall of Famers at quarterback in the first round? Multiple.
1: Um, I mean, not many. That's true. It, it, like, one out of every five years, probably, something like that. Dude, I'm, tr- sorry, I'm trying to pull at... it up right now because I'm forgetting somebody who's in this draft. Yeah. But, like, okay, Burroughs, Burroughs hurt, and maybe will never reach the pinnacle, but there's probably a chance Burroughs in the Hall of Fame eventually. I, I'd say not not a great chance right now, but it's possible that could happen. Um, I mean, anyway,
0: he was a real reason why a team went to the Super Bowl, so you could, you know... Yes. He he's got he's got some assets in his on his resume.
1: Yep. Um
0: I don't think Hurts
2: uh, Oh, also Jim Kelly, sorry. And we're thinking of 83, not 84. Oh. So yeah, oh. you had uh, Oh yeah, Jim Kelly L- too.
1: Yeah, that's probably better. Yeah.
2: <laughs> John Elway, Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, and then you had uh Ken O'Brien and uh Tony Eason.
1: Like a lot of it probably depends on Jim. Herbert. Cuz I still think the jury's kind of out on what he is exactly.
2: I um, don't think the jury I don't think the jury out. I think he's I I think he could be in the elite three, four, whatever, in the future.
1: Well, that's the jury being out because right now he's not. Right now he's just he's. We have Matthew Stafford at home right now, and that's. (laughs) 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 But like a lot of these guys could um, still work. Though, like Tua could still be good. I don't think he will be, but he could be. It hurts uh, if he actually gets a Super Bowl or two. You know, he'll have the Eli case, even if he is not that great. Um, and then, of course, you still have all pro Tyler Huntley in this draft class too, which is a thing that happened. Does that count?
2: Wasn't he? Wasn't he undrafted? Oh, he was
1: undrafted. You're right. Shoot. Yep. 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 <laughs> he is this class, but he was undrafted. That is true. Alas. So, all right. Let's. Okay. Let's not as good, going. but in 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 the ballpark, I'd say it was very good class. Yeah. 2004
2: is a is a yeah. You got Rivers, Big Ben, and Eli. It's a, yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Burrow to uh, Herbert. Love hurts. Um, and then, if you want to count, I will screw Huntley. That's we're great. going to count Huntley just that's to make you happy. We'll I'm count counting Huntley. Huntley. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Like <laughs> it is. It is very, very good. So we'll see how it ends up.
0: He was
2: draft
1: eligible. Yeah, so we'll do
0: that. Ryan Ziegler <laughs> asks: Is Fleur Sember greater than Craig Timber? <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's a it's a funny baseball thing. Crossover. Yes, good baseball crossover. For those who don't uh, pay attention to baseball, Craig Council is very 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 good at managing in the last month of the regular season in baseball at getting the most out of his bullpen. It's a legitimate thing that the Brewers usually go crazy in, to make up deficits. And uh, of course, Matt Lafleur is undefeated <laughs> in December, which isn't is...
2: it. It's it's the longest streak in history. Yeah, it?
1: it's like 16. 16 games It's very, very incredible that that is still the case after this game especially. (laughs) So, um, I I think Craig Tember might be a little better because I think it's harder. Uh, First of all, I think Council actually does make strategic changes in the last month of the season to get the most out of his team and is often doing so in desperation to get into the playoffs and it usually works. Whereas this is just kind of a neat fact about when the Packers win games. Um, But it's very very good, uh, and it's well. It, it dovetails nicely with what Green Bay is. You know, you're supposed to be good in the cold weather nonsense, and we are. And it's nice to kind of have that back after not having it for a while. So, um, Craig Tember's better, but the Fleur Sember is also very good as well. It is the 2020 he... draft class of this analogy compared to Craig Temper's <laughs> 1983 draft class.
0: I think you could argue that it's a sign of just him adjusting to his. His staff, or at least getting the most out of his staff, whatever, whatever that is, because because you know this isn't a, this is a big number now. <laughs> December games that he hasn't lost. I mean, it's pretty impressive. Obviously, there's been some January hiccups that we don't even need to go into, but like yeah, maybe we go back to last year when Christian Watson kind of came on at this point of the season. Like there seems to be, you know, maybe it's just about tinker tinker or or get guys better and better and learning the playbook, and at some point you're like, okay, we're here, and in December everybody's clicking. Clicking on all cylinders. I think yep. I think it's great. There's so much turnover on a football roster. Like to to be good ha- halfway through the year, I have to think that's that's not an uncommon thing, and he seems to be getting the most out of it.
1: Indeed, he does.
0: All right, Mark put Scarby. Uh Mark put Garby lower on the uh question priority
1: order this week. People were anxious to get in this week.
0: I can understand. I wanted to record right away. I wanted to record <laughs> Sunday <laughs> night, going, baby. Uh... Let's I sleep. Yeah, literally, donuts. we
2: got, we got a DM from Jr. at like midnight. He's like, "We're <laughs> going to record in like ten minutes, right?" <laughs> oh
1: god, I'm I was dead. ready. I was fired up.
0: Uh, I was admiring the uh, the traffic on our website at that time. It was a really good night for us, you guys. It was so good. <laughs> uh, it was everything. It was. It, I couldn't have in my wildest dreams. <clears throat> I couldn't have imagined a better a better situation. Mark Putscarby says, "Was this the best win of the Matt Lafleur
1: era?" I think yes. Um, only because the the playoff wins they've had have been, I mean, they're good. They're playoff wins, but like the the Seattle one in 2019 doesn't really stick with me personally. I don't think about it Mm. ever. And that Rams game, like it was a good win at the time. Um, but they were kind of beat up and, um, they, they did the thing where they scored on Ramsey and they kind of blew the Rams out of the water in that game. And it was, it was a good win. Um, but it, 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 it still doesn't stick with me that well. I don't feel like that was an overwhelmingly good Rams team, and everything else is a regular season game. And I think this is the best regular season game in the Lafleur era, like for sure. <laughs> so yeah, I think this is it. If you want to get technical about it,
0: I mean, a Chiefs a win over the Chiefs is not as important as a win over an NFC team division foe like the Lions the previous week, true on the road. I'm I'm not. I mean, I I felt I feel stronger about the Chiefs win because of national audience, a lot of attention. It's it's just one more step closer to what their what their goal is. But yeah. the the Lions game is going to be more if you want, want to be like kinda hair splitty about it. Yeah, I think that's fair.
2: They were also um oddsmakers had them as bigger underdogs against the Lions than they did against the Chiefs. Sure.
1: Also true. I just for me, this one, um I, I think it's been an open question as to how good the offense is and whether it was just beating up on garbage uh, in this nice little run that they've had and the Chiefs are the first team they've run into on the defensive side that is objectively not garbage like they actually played good offense against a really good team. This was the prove it game for me. So uh, I think this this one really counts a lot.
0: Yeah. All right. Made Wiley says are JR and Matub starting to be convinced about love in the Matt LaFleur system. Also is Christian Watson back. Was I unconvinced? About I feel him? like it's I mean, weird to address love that, love that to both battle. of you and not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he confuses opposite, our voices.
1: Right? Maybe <laughs> um, I'm convinced. Um, I think he's good. I've seen. I've seen enough at this point. He he can execute the offense well. He's a good the, quarterback. Something that
2: that is kind of weirded me out about this game. All of his super impressive throws were farvian. He, they were fadeaways. They were sidearms. They were like, like they were all off off axis throws. And so like maybe his problem with his deep ball is trying to put fundamentals into it and not just like yeeting it.
1: I think that's true. We talked about it before. It looks like he's do- he's trying to throw a deep ball like someone taught him how to throw a deep ball um, instead of just heaving that sucker out there. I think that is part of the problem with that. I agree with that. Um, so
2: like like the the fourth and one deep shot is a fade away. Yep. The uh, touchdown immediately after is a sidearm like, while moving.
1: Just a beautiful sidearm while moving throw.
2: It, so, yeah, like, like maybe Love just, just needs to be, like, running while he's throwing every pass.
1: Yep.
0: Is it sustainable, though, to do that stuff? Like, it, it worked it, for Brett well, Favre. He was well, and to- also, look,
2: look, look, Jordan Love has Madden stats, right? Like, he has a 50% completion percentage, and he does really well over the middle. So, obviously, he has to play like he's a Madden player and just run and throw on the run the whole time.
1: He was good in the pocket in this game too, though. He was good at making throws on time as well. Like he was good about both things, which is what you have to be. And it, all right, scarf twenty one. Oh, there's oh, the a second question, which is: Is Watson back? And oh, I well, think I the answer there more. is yes, if he can move. Right? Yeah. Like, do you know?
2: Do you know how many people tw- added me on Twitter? They're like, hey, multiple data points now, right? Like, <laughs> yep. Because remember, I said I wanted to see three, so we got two.
1: Yeah. Contested catches. Get a third. Just got to get him in the game again. I
2: need a third game, but okay. So he came out of the blue tent after quote unquote blowing his hammy and was like giving high fives and stuff. He was. So.
1: It looked good. I agree. Yeah, we're gonna find
0: out. They're, they've got to hold him out a game or two yeah. at best. At best case scenario, they just they just can't get like guy healthy. It's tough. Scarf twenty one. In the span of just a few weeks, we went from should we draft another quarterback to we have our franchise quarterback. <laughs> what do you think contributed most to Jordan Love's dramatic turnaround? And do you think this is sustainable?
1: Uh, there's so many things. Uh, I do. First of all, I do think it's sustainable. I think a lot of it was the development of the targets. Because early in the season, it was just kind of hard to tell who was at fault. Uh, early podcasts this season for us are almost all like, there's so much going wrong, uh, it's hard to tell who's actually the worst here and what they should change, if anything. And the receivers started running correct routes. They started actually fighting for balls. They... Um, Luke Musgrave started running down the field instead of running that stupid outplay that he always runs. A lot of it is just drops not happening, make completion percentages better, give you more opportunities and more first downs. And I think that there was a conscious effort to teach fighting for the ball, too, over the last few weeks. I think that Watson turnaround is not an anomaly. I think Dobbs actually getting better at that, too, is not an anomaly. I think there was a realization that there are going to be some balls that he throws that are um you know not wide open throws and that you got to go get those like your big guys go do that
2: so also do you do you think the lack of musgrave is the same as how lafleur acted when Devontae was out like he can't make musgrave run the stupid out because he's not there yeah so he has to run the stupid out with 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 craft who's good at that yeah
1: that's his job (laughs) that's what he's supposed to do could be but they started using musgrave correctly too When he was on the field. So not that simple. But also,
2: like, with with Devontae out, LaFleur called a more uh, efficient offense, I guess. Like, he didn't run the stupid bubble screens and that kind of crap.
1: Um, And I think a lot of it also is the way they spread the ball around. Um, One of the things that Love has done well all season and in the preseason was make the correct read. Even if he didn't always make a good throw to the correct read, he almost always made the correct read. And I feel like early there were a lot of forced throws to Watson and Dobbs. When they just weren't open, uh, and um, Dobbs, I think he has been very, very good lately. But if he is like your number one receiver and getting you know, ten plus targets a game, that's not what you should be doing there. Um, instead, what you have is Dobbs running more in routes, and Dontavian Wicks running like fourteen yards down the seam, and uh, Reed getting more open because people aren't focusing on him as much. It's it's all gelled together, and the one thing that you could count on Love to do is actually pick out the correct guy, follow the offense, make the right read.
0: Logan Inderdahl, that's a new name. I don't know if he's a new patron, but uh, not a name I recognize from the past. He's, he's been on the baseball one at least once or twice. I know, I know that. I've...
2: Yeah, and he's asking a baseball question.
1: So I, <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it. Absolutely. All of those, please. On a scale of Evan White to oh, Ozzy geez. Albies, how good slash team friendly does the Jordan Love mini extension look right now? Evan White, a former Mariners player who has not played in the big league since 2021 after he was signed before he made his first big league plate appearance. Wasn't a lot of money, was also a disaster. Ozzy Albies, who signed for a woeful below-market contract early in his career and is getting paid very little to be very good, very, very good. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the parameter we're dealing with here.
1: Um, tough comp, I, more Ozzy Albies in that, A Jordan Love appears to be good, but um, not really applicable to either. I, well, okay, I see the Evan White comp now. Um, Love's deal <laughs> is for only two years, and then he's going to get paid. So... Um, you know, I, it, I think
2: he's going to get paid on May third. Yes, he's getting paid he very, very soon. That's, that's a better
1: question. Yeah. Here. So <laughs> are it's they not, gonna Yeah, it's not really comparable to either one because it was a, it was a, I think a good deal that worked out well for both parties. It got Jordan Love a bunch of money. It got the Packers a chance to check all this out. But and, and the natural consequence here is okay, you're good. Now we're going to make you now we're now you're going to get paid a whole bunch of money. So it's not Ozzie Albies isn't going to get paid for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> on, dude. He's, gonna be, he's gonna be old. Yep. Um,
0: Packers are lucky. I think that Jordan Love accepted it. You know, like he, he seemed. I mean, it's a no-brainer for the Packers. You have to know more. You needed more data, and Jordan Love could have been like, "Nah, man, I put in the work, and yeah. I know, I know what I've got." And uh, I don't know if there would have been a team that would have just been eager to like shove a bunch of money at him to give to you know take the risk that the Packers were taking, but uh, there. They're lucky he took it because yep. uh, it's gonna it's gonna work out for all parties, but it's it's gonna really work out for the Packers. All right, JD says if J- is Jair's shoulder the new Bakhtiari's knee? A little <laughs> tongue in cheek there, but it sure is frustrating. Sub question: If Watson now misses some time due to what looked like a hamstring injury, can we still keep this efficient offense rolling without him? More
1: snaps for Wicks seems like a good thing. Uh, yes, on the first question, um, I mean. <laughs> so you're
2: saying Jair's <laughs> shoulder bothers him when they play on turf <laughs>
1: <laughs> not like that just it, it just pops up kind of all the time he's always day-to-day you never know we what he's ruled that do. out in my tub yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay but we still my my clairvoyance early in the sea I was the first person to say that we were going to see Bakhtiari show up on the injury report remember
1: I mean, nobody yeah.
2: else, nobody else in the blogosphere had that take until I
0: did. Did you say he wasn't going to play again? Because that is a very specific take. that you're taking No, but I hard.
2: specifically said they're going to go into Atlanta. It's the same turf that hurt Rodgers. He won't play. Incredible. And he showed up on the injury report the next day.
0: Yes. There you go. We know now that he was, he had a devastating injury. Yep. Or at least it got yeah. to that point.
1: And I think. I do think they can withstand missing Watson. They're actually quite deep at receiver. They don't have anybody who does exactly what he does. He is, uh, he is kind of a super fast monster, and he has gotten good at those those deep throws. Um, but yes, Wicks can do a lot of what w- what he does. Not all of it, but a lot of it. And Jaden Reed has been doing less of the jet sweep and gadget play stuff since Watson's uh, like since Watson's got healthy. Honestly, over the last couple Paul, of weeks,
2: it was the first play of the game, Paul.
1: Yes, a jet sweep to Watson. <laughs> Yes. Reed has been doing no, less. Of a that. Jet, a
2: jet sweep. A jet sweep to Jaden Reed was the first oh, play. Well, game.
1: did he run another one? I don't think he did.
2: He ran another one. Yeah. He Watson had two, ran two. in this game.
1: Yes. Watson had two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he's <laughs> he can do he can just do that. He can be the guy in the <laughs> offense who does that <laughs> while Watson is out. That's fine.
0: I, I am surprised as I'm looking at this that Dontavian Wicks does not get fifty percent of the offensive snaps. He he did the first four weeks of the season. You know, there were some injuries there started a couple games, has not cleared 44% since week four. Yep. This last game, 39%. Before that, 33%. I mean, he's he's getting an uptick to a degree, but I'm surprised that they don't treat him like their best receiver because there's an argument that he is their best <laughs> wide receiver.
1: There is. There is an argument, but it's not a clear uh, argument, and I think that's his problem. The big problem here is – that Watson and Dobbs have a year on him, and both have been good in their own right. And so yeah. if you're going to give him more time, you got to take one of them off the field, or you got to run more four-receiver sets, which, you know, it's not really their game. And uh, it's it's a luxury to, to have him there as your, your third outside guy in your backup. Um, and this is what you have him for, you know? Watson gets hurt pretty much all the time. I, I, I just, okay, the
2: uh, Malik Heath hype train, I think, got a little... Overdone before this game, where I believe people said that he was going to play the Alan Lazard role. I might have even parroted that.
1: By the way, Jaden I mean, Reed had no carries in this game. You're so, wrong. Uh, it was it, it was
2: a touch pass. <laughs> they were touch passes, but it's the same effective play technically. Okay. And and uh, uh, one of Watson's sweeps was a touch pass. Well, so he well.
1: had two carries in the game though. So two to zero. That's fine.
2: But the first play of the game was a jet sweep style play okay. <laughs> to Chain Reed for nine yards. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so like, I think that the person that he's actually going to push is Heath. I think that's the one that you're you're going to see Heath drop to almost nothing. And Wicks will take...
0: Is he more than just a little bit north of nothing now?
1: Yeah, he gets like 10% he... of the snaps.
2: Yeah, but then he gets targeted <laughs> on like every snap that he takes.
1: He does get targeted. He does, he does. I bet you'll see Wicks go up a good amount. I bet you they get 60% next game. All
0: right. Price Trozen says there was a lot of credit given to the offensive line. To me, it seemed they were leaky. Was that the Chris Jones factor or were they actually good? My 90s album name of how I feel about the Packers making the playoffs and getting the 6 seed. Definitely. Maybe Oasis 1994. <laughs> well, that's,
2: it's also very applicable because the lead single uh, is what the Packers have to do in order to make the
0: playoffs. You have to go Which supersonic is what, is forever oh yeah supersonic also a jam <laughs> i did i didn't know the order of the, the singles it's the, the pre what's the story morning glory oasis is uh there's there's a lot there but uh so it's before they fog. hated
2: before they hated each other is that like there's so oh, i think yeah i'm
0: sorry
2: i was five years old when that album came out so it's good oh, of course. yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, for me it's uh the, the Pearl Jam magnum opus ten because ten wins baby. That's happening. Yep. That's gonna happen. That's it.
1: It is the Mookie it. Blaylock number. Um, yes, I think the line. Too. Yeah, I think the line was good in this game. I, I think it is the Chris Jones factor that that is a good defensive front, uh, and they held up reasonably well against it. They had a couple of high profile blown blocks in it, um, but generally speaking love did have time um honestly i think mahomes was under more pressure than he was for the most part so i would i would say it's a win you're not going to be perfect against a good front you're just not
2: also the the fails were spectacular and that's the problem
1: yeah they were they were they
2: they were amazing until they were awful yeah there was no like mediocre blocking that game and so like josh myers who you you guys know i'm one of the loudest critics of josh myers (laughs) had a phenomenal game yeah, except did. for one yeah. snap. But his one snap was very loud. It was very high leverage, way,
1: very was very obvious, yes. Yeah, um, but Also he, by the way,
2: JR, that Pearl Jam album 10 yeah. is just an all-timer. Like Oh my god. I didn't are realize how really many 10 album. <laughs> no, I did not realize how like I like like the four songs that, by Pearl Jam that people my age know are off of that. Yeah, All yes, That's correct. That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs>
0: That is true. That album is, uh, it, it it just does not miss. Nope, I mean, I actually like other Pearl Jam albums better, but like it's, it's the seminal moment. It's, it's full Canon. Yeah. The greatest, uh, the greatest of, of Pearl Jam. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, Josh Myers, Keyshawn Nixon, Jordan Love, all have very different feelings about them in December than I did in October. Absolutely. <laughs> they, they've
2: really- I mean, I, I literally was on this podcast saying get this man off my team of Keyshawn Nixon. No. Right. And
0: yes. now he's the most valuable guys on the team. It's wild. It is wild. And, it's crazy. And there I'm sure is I don't know if there's a Jair question coming, but there is a legitimate curiosity about the volume that he the, the amount of time that he's been away. And if that's maybe the player taking his time or the team taking its time, like we're good <laughs> here. You know, we've got something going with our secondary. Everybody seems to be on the same page. There might be, I don't know, like I I I don't have any reason to think that but it's just it is kind of surprising me that we haven't seen them sort of like get get urgent about Jair Alexander because it hasn't been necessary
1: yeah yeah we'll get there (laughs) it's coming yeah
0: (laughs) Devlin Sheehan says as a lifelong Packers fan being angry at the defensive coordinator is a pretty strong habit but the results on the field this year have me wondering is Joe Barry kind of okay
2: no he's got 18 first rounders to play with (laughs)
1: I also just think the book on Joe Barry is very out there, obvious, and everybody knows it, which is they're pretty good at defending the pass. They can often generate a good solid pass rush, um, but they're going to get gashed on the ground and they're going to be in weird formations, like heavy formations against the pass. And not do the correct thing to get themselves off the field in high leverage situations they' they're gonna play stupid bend note break like they're gonna rely on the end zone to make their defense better at the end of drives and it's just it, it'll look good in fits and sp- not good. it'll look average in fits and spurts, but it's not good he's he's still not good. this is a right, good then- this is the regression to the mean Joe Barry year usually he is a bottom five defensive coordinator, but defensive defensive performances fluctuate wildly based on a lot of things strength of schedule health etc etc and i would think the first thing we said this year was the joe barry upside in terms of randomness is probably an average defense and that's what you get this is it this is good as it gets
2: well also the joe barry defense completely relies on rashawn gary sunning the best right tackle in football (laughs) or uh, LVN chasing down Mahomes for his first red zone sack. Yeah, or in Keisha like Nixon just being a
1: genius for a play. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yes. yeah, and it, it's so that's your Joe Barry defense right there, right? Like it's same thing with like Dom Capers. It's like, oh, you have one of the best cover corners of all time playing free safety and calling your defense
0: for you, so you look brilliant. Lately, Joel Osment says, why was Kelsey consistently open? He looked about as fast as Richard (laughs) Rodgers. Shout out to Richard Rodgers. Does moving slower make finding soft spots and coverage easier?
2: I was was actually uh, reminded of it was a Jason Witten. It was like a vintage Jason Witten game. He just, like, slowed his way open.
1: (laughs) It was very much that. You could really see it on the Hail Mary at the end where – he was very late getting down the field. It was very Richard Rogers esque. Um, so first, he is a good route runner. Like he does, good, he does a good job creating separation. Part of this was a Joe Barry problem though, where Joe Barry plays his defense and he plays his defense. And if their best receiver is a non-standard position, it doesn't matter. He will still get safeties and linebackers covering him most of the time, and Jonathan Owens, et cetera. And that's how he makes his living. So that's what happened there. Of, he's good at finding holes in zones. He's good at that kind of Kelsey's He's a good player. But yeah, also they didn't adjust very well to his presence. And he didn't have a huge game. He looked he looked hurt, but you know, it wasn't super efficient. What is it, like eight catches for like ninety yards or something like that? That's not yeah. a bad Travis Kelsey game. Sometimes he goes for buck fifty and two tutties. So um it, it was fine, but Good player uh, defense that doesn't know how to take away that kind of good player. He had four for eighty. <laughs> four for okay. Four. For, I know it was eighty. <laughs> four for eighty. So, That's,
2: so it was actually his most efficient game. Very of the very efficient season. game. Super <laughs> efficient game. Only four. No, thank God. Though. Yeah. Um. And it, however, it, okay. Here's what's weird. So it's his most efficient game of the season in terms of yards per catch, but it wasn't even close it was like top three. No, not even top three for longest reception. So huh. his long was 27. So he
0: just like, he was consistently open 20 yards down the He had
1: the a Dontavian Wicks game. hmm Yeah.
0: Jonathan judge. Love this one. People keep bemoaning how impressive the defense's success is without Jair Alexander, but isn't there a strong argument for addition by subtraction? Jair and Razul simply could not play together at all. Presumably that is why the Packers were happy to move him at the deadline referring to Rizul, of course. Maybe Jair would be good without Rizul, but who knows? Availability is a skill, and Jair doesn't have it. Is it possible the Packers are better off without him, period, especially with the contract?
1: Yes. Ooh, it's so possible.
0: <laughs> so It yeah, feels like sacrilege. We were loving that guy last I
1: year. I think in a vacuum, Jair Alexander is a very good player. Um, I agree that he is. He and Rizul do not go well together. Rizul is a very good uh, cover corner. Jair is a very good uh, zone corner. And That doesn't always match well together, although it helps if your defensive coordinator isn't an idiot. Um, And the the other problem, though, I will say with Jair is I do think Jair is very into Jair and not into being a part of a larger scheme. And that does cause problems sometimes. And that I'm not. That is do not imply. Do not take away from that that I think he's like faking an injury. It's more like when they're in situations where the season seems lost, he will freelance for interceptions, and he will get smoked doing so. He will try and
2: yeah. Just just watch the Bears game last year. He (laughs) he will
1: make big plays. He will make it about himself, and usually he does snap back into playing well. um, But he's been not great this year when he's been on the field he's been a liability so
2: so jair to me is what happens if haha clinton Dix was actually good
1: like yeah he, he right. plays. he
2: he plays the way haha did except he actually is an athlete and a football player
1: and can actually go after things um yeah yes. i can
0: see that that, that, um, that
2: also did, did you guys see Razul lose the game for the bills against the eagles a couple yeah weeks ago?
0: i didn't i didn't see that what happened there
2: uh, Hertz went right at him and Razul just like Daria volleyballed him
1: He just like held his arm up <laughs>
0: that, he, it, was, it was not Daria a good volleyballed. it's so specific <laughs> and
1: so good oh, my God. that's perfect that is exactly what he did <laughs>
0: just there is such a small subset of humanity who gets that reference or cares about but that. I,
1: I I needed to Gen X you
2: guys because I because I made the reference to yeah. how old I am. So Nicely I just to bring it back off. to the
0: 90s. Oh, elite. Uh, Dennis Williams says, not so much a question, but an observation. How nice and refreshing is it to have a quarterback that appears to not be an effing head case? <laughs> No apparent baggage, no chips on his shoulder, no delusional thinking about his relative place in the universe or where his relatives are in the universe, I might add. Uh, no huffing and puffing or rolling of eyes. I know there's time to develop all those bad habits, but so far, love seems to have picked all the positives from Rogers to emulate while leaving the worst behind. Thoughts? So I, I, this brings me
2: back to Draft Day, the like the movie. Oh, not, God.
1: Uh, actual Draft Day. Yes. Do you guys Both remember Callahan, what the
2: – Okay, do you guys remember what the big flag on Bo Callahan was?
1: Wasn't he at a party where stuff got stolen or something? No,
2: none of none of his teammates went to his birthday party. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. was the big red flag. And I just keep going back to the picture of uh, Love looking a little out of shape on a boat with his teammates in the oh. offseason. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> and it's like oh people like him and like his girlfriend is normal and posts funny things on instagram and his mom is a very nice lady and it's just like
0: i don't know how to handle this <laughs> uh point of order his girlfriend is a two-time packed pack 12 all-conference player she is not normal No, I, I know that's not what you meant you mean normal like a normal human being yeah she, she is like a, a subset tier of excellent athletic excellence just wanted to point right. that out gotcha. so
2: what's funny is is prior to him getting drafted she was more social media famous than he was so yeah like he, he would appear in her tiktoks <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome yeah it's like a garrett mitchell on the brewers has a similar situation yeah. but i um I, I the only thing I could say is that Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers may have always been that way, but that is not what we thought of them in the early going. So there's yeah, especially Brett Favre. Devolved. Yes,
1: yes. I and mean, Brett Favre rocked that good old country boy thing for a very long time. All of my relatives were like in love with the guy. I have a bunch of stuff. I have, a, I have an autographed Brett Favre football. I got a movie about him over here. I got a book that's called Four on my bookshelf. Um, and you know, you know, you never really know anybody who's an athlete. And, and Unless they decide to tell but, you about themselves, like, what's
2: funny is that we we should have known. His senior year, he got in a drunk driving car accident and lost a foot and a half of it, his intestines. It did he like, did? We, we I, should know
1: that. I do feel like we glossed over that a little bit. It t- it turned into. A, it, it turned into like, isn't Ron Wolf a genius to have gone back and scouted him because he wasn't playing because he got in a drunk driving accident where he lost a bunch yeah. of intestine. Like, oh yeah, wait, hold on. Yeah, but then
2: like Jerry Glanville didn't like him and Jerry Glanville likes everybody.
0: Yeah. I think it's exceedingly rare to find somebody as talented, a, a, a talent who also has his, his head screwed on. Yep. And uh, Jordan Love has been through the ringer, you know, like he is the, he was this indirect object of Aaron Rodgers frustration over the last few years. And, He's had to put up with a lot, so I I feel like he's probably better forward having come through all that, and he sure seems awesome. He right, does. like there's no no knock on him yeah. at this point. But uh, you know, we got we got 15 years to find out of carving up the <laughs> NFC before things go <laughs> south, guys. This is a good situation yeah, to be in, do. really. Uh Aaron Savage. How happy is Jr. today? Packers won. Taylor showed up. Yes. Jonathan Owens was relevant in the final minute. Kind of. Everything's coming up. Content. <laughs> Simone Biles got some. This is me talking now. Simone Biles got some foam hats from Frozen Tundra Man. Yep. That became a thing. Taylor wore an amazing red coat. I don't know anything about red coats, but that became a thing. Um, I mean, I, so obviously my my love for content is is well documented also a little tongue-in-cheek i mean this is my job so it's not completely tongue-in-cheek but like it's not like i actually love content more than my family yeah i like my family more um (laughs) top 10 times
2: my son annoyed me
0: (laughs) yeah uh but um sunday night was a lot of fun i'm not gonna lie to you sunday night was really fun for me being part of the coverage team i wasn't doing a lot personally I, i i was doing very little in fact um my colleagues did all the work and um the the game coverage was really good tom silverstein and his blogs amazing stuff that's just stuff you get every week but we had our entertainment team on it the the team in green bay did amazing work the people at the green bay press gazette who are you know kind of following this the photographers mark hoffman with the journal sentinel but but he's not alone like there were so many people involved on this and i know that seems like overkill but it was so worth it when you saw i mean our site was nuclear on a sunday yeah. night and it was It was really fun being kind of the center of the universe for a little while. Like not not exactly, but you know, a lot of people were coming to our site that don't normally come to our site. It was really really cool, and it was just fun to be a part of. It's just it was just like that is that is stuff I I really do get worked up about. It's really fun to be to be in the middle of that sort of thing. Everything came up content. It did. Richard Proctor, who did AJ Dylan Freaky Friday with for the past few weeks, the old James. Oh, that's a good one. That's really good.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, like he, he finally learned how to play like a big man and learned how to use his body.
1: He also, um, per, per Match Nightman, who dug this up, does get better as the season goes on for some reason, which um, is being spun positive, maybe should be a little bit more like maybe coming to camp in a little bit better shape. But <laughs> uh, his success rate in December and January is over 50%, and it's below 38% the rest of the year. So it's probably just noise, but... Um, when the weather turns cold, AJ gets better. So there's that.
2: I, okay, so the thing I really hate about that is is when Eddie Lacey would get better as the season went on, and it likely was because he was getting into shape throughout the season. Yeah. Um, but people are always like, you know, like those big backs. When it gets cold, they don't want to tackle them. And I'm like, it's their job
1: to tackle them. They want to tackle them <laughs> in January. They want to <laughs> tackle them in September. Like, <laughs> it hurts to get tackled when it's cold too. You know, it's not. A, yes, it's a two way street. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Patrick Detmer, what was more embarrassing? The officiating crew in the last minute of the game or the NBC production crew uh, trying to dissect a routine Hail Mary play in slow motion to build the narrative that the Chiefs had the game stolen from them?
1: Uh tough call. Both very embarrassing performances. Um I actually the officiating
0: just, screwed up on like four consecutive plays. Yeah, so
1: very, hard. very badly. Um just just horrible, horrible officiating in, in the worst moment possible. Um so yeah. Um, I you know if the I, Packers lose that game, the play
0: where the official ruled that the tackle was made out of bounds to stop the clock in a, on that last drive when he was very much tackled in bounds yep that could have ruined the game for them it that was really consequential.
1: I saw some online controversy about that call where uh the there's one account that definitely stands for the refs and explained calls. I forget what it's called w- was saying that. They will actually rule that a dead ball and stop the clock if the player is intentionally running out of bounds backwards um, mm. and uh, like is ruled that it, it was complicated. Like uh, I feel like if you're trying to go forward and you get stopped going forward, the clock runs. They're saying like if you're getting out of bounds and you're clearly trying to get out of bounds, it stops. I still feel like he was trying to go forward and that, that analysis is still wrong, even if it is true. But yeah, that was a huge call. And the announcers were also like, you know, that shouldn't, that should be a How many times have we seen the official run up to that exact play and like swing their arms around in a big circle and make a big Mm -hmm. deal out of, nope, didn't get out clocks running. Like that happens all the time on that play. And it, it just looked like a bad call immediately when they did the, the clock stop on it. And, uh, yeah, so that was horrible and also huge, absolutely gigantic play, hundred percent. And
0: obviously, the other calls were bad too. Yes, they were. They were <laughs> the all bad ones too, ones
1: including ones. the MVS. No matter what Matt says, that was still a bad call. Well, and the, the hail mary, they did spend a lot <laughs> of just, time. On I've the hail chosen
0: mary. it. I've chosen a side. All right. That's... <laughs> they did spend more time on the hail mary than I thought it was merited. Like, yes, it was a two handed shove for sure. It was a lot a shove. of things. He was he was bracing himself.
1: Well, and,
2: there was uh, there was no extension of the arms. Kelsey moved away from look, him. There are a
0: lot of other shoves too. I, I like, just mean like yeah, that's a that's a Hail Mary. <laughs> like it's it's a sl, it's slab of humanity. Yep. Like you know, it's you, no you guys real remember to, you're just jockeying for Rand- position
1: like
2: the, the the Randall Cobb Hail Mary against the Giants at halftime. Mm-hmm. Um Cobb full on like decked a de- yeah, that was like an an, that was
1: arms extended all the way, very very obvious. Yeah. Like also, he
2: bruised his chest.
1: <laughs> Kelsey didn't put in any effort to get to that ball either. He, like he was all out of sorts on it. Uh, he didn't. He's a giant man. He could have just backed up a little bit. That's, you know, he wins that battle. And he
0: immediately, his reaction was, eh, "Game's over. The game's he's, over." He didn't know, care. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't like I got pushed. It yeah. was no, stupid football. Um. The Richard Rogers t- Hail Mary, I'm not sure. There was a lot of pushing him, and he obviously had to run, like was still getting into the end zone by the time that ball arrived to him. So I know he wasn't guilty of it. I don't recall anything like that. That might be an outlier.
1: Yeah, that's true. He was late. He didn't give him chance himself a chance to get shoved. <laughs> He's so slow. Mount Doom 98 says,
0: I know Paul doesn't watch with the sound on, so does he know how big of a loser so were? I
1: did have the sound on for that. I turned it on when the clock uh when, when when the clock got stopped on that out of bounds play because I wanted to actually hear what the hell was going on and if there was like a penalty or something like that. So I did listen for the last part of it when they started making bad call after bad call after bad call. So yes, I do know how big of a loser Chris Collinsworth is. That is that is fine. I like him. He's fine. Yeah. They're Collinsworth all fine.
2: is okay. But he's him and Tarico don't go well together.
0: I think I, I think that actually might be true. But also <laughs> You know, <laughs> you cannot evaluate an announcer when you have a dog in the
1: fight. It's just you can't. It's just not it's possible. Impossible. I, Everybody sounds like all. they're against you. I also I will cut them a little tiny bit of slack for the Hail Mary because they had just seen four consecutive bad calls. And it is human nature to be looking for a fifth consecutive bad call when that happens. Sure. It just is.
0: Mark Hackett said Mark Hackett's a new a new patron. I he think. is. The future is Mark very is Irish. there is no doubt.
1: Mark is Irish. Mark, Mark is Irish, meaning in Ireland. Yes. Shouts
0: to Ireland. I love it. Has this team actually arrived, making the young team narrative obsolete, or should we all just rein in the enthusiasm back a little bit? He says, new subscribers so indulge me with a second question. The love throw to Dobbs when the latter was surrounded by three defenders. Was that inspired or very ill-advised? I can't decide. We did talk about that play a little
1: yeah, bit. Yeah, and I think just to reiterate it, it was inspired. It was the correct read, and he was barely open, and it was a great throw. So, um, and I, it, I, was on, it was on time. Yep. And Also, also
2: anybody who has who has the stones to throw the deep over. Oh man. Like I want that guy (laughs) with the ball.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, as
0: far as the, as far as the young team narrative, I feel like they're going to, they're going to blow a game here. Like they're going to lose a game that they were supposed to. I do feel like that will
1: probably happen. That's just a young team thing to do. Like, yeah, you know. Do you guys it, think it's
2: this one? Do you um, think it's the Tommy? Tommy I'm not DeVito sure that
1: you can under prepare enough to lose to Tommy DeVito. Maybe you can. But... I mean, the
2: the Giants are on a two win streak with Tommy DeVito as the starter. Yeah, but
1: not. He's been awful. I, they're, they're a little scary. I mean, they did beat us last year. They're. I think the Giants are. I think well coached and poorly run. If that makes sense. So you can get surprised by them if if they show up randomly. Uh, I thought Tyrod was going to play, and then I th- then I thought that was on the table for sure. Um, Tommy DeVito sucks, though. They should be so okay. the
2: the the Kenny line Pickett opened. <laughs> he what?
0: Kenny Pickett also sucked, and he yeah. beat the Packers.
1: He, uh, Tommy DeVito, Kenny Pickett is an NFL quarterback. Um, <laughs> Tommy DeVito is, t- is not an NFL quarterback.
0: Tommy DeVito
2: has a game with a 137 passer rating. Yeah, I know uh, he, he does. Like I know he 40 does. Forty times.
1: He is very very bad. Go. Everybody needs to go watch Tommy DeVito play a little bit. He is awful. Hmm.
0: PJ Wessels, per summer sports, the Packers had zero negative plays from an EPA perspective, no plays below 10th percentile of EPA. Is that a fluke or a product of improving execution?
1: That's crazy, actually. Um, (laughs) Probably a little bit of a fluke, um, but they're definitely executing better on all the plays they run. Uh, They have a yak guy catching yak passes, which is a nice change uh, from what they have done in the past. And AJ has been actually creating explosive plays. That probably helps that a lot, too. Aaron and AJ were having trouble when they were both on the field together. Um, And uh, if Aaron is still banged up when he comes back, that will probably continue because he's old. Uh, But, yeah, uh, they're uh, just—I think they've gotten everybody into the correct spots on the field. They're playing people where they excel. And so execution, better personnel, and, yeah, just uh, everybody gelling.
0: I am the very model of a – wait. I am the very model of a modern major general, Asilitam says. I keep seeing references to the Packers' defense holding teams to less than 24 points in a game for eight straight games in a row. There it is. Why is 24 a big deal? <laughs> if we were talking about 10 or 14 points a game, I'm, I'm on board. But 24 seems high. It seems like if the Brewers bragged about only allowing five runs per game.
1: <laughs> I agree with you because it's that's more than three scores. That is uh, – <laughs> So
2: I I was always under the impression that 20 was the goal. And like like you hold someone under 20 and you give your team a chance to win.
1: Yeah, a couple things to this one. Scoring is down across the NFL this year, so 24 um, in previous seasons maybe would have been actually pretty good, but it's not this season. A lot of teams are holding people below 24 points. The reason it's 24 is because it lets you go back to the Detroit Lions game where they allowed 34 points, uh, and that is how uh, random endpoints work when you're trying to make statistical points. That 24 was against the Vikings um, uh, in October 29th, and it makes the streak longer. If you can include the Denver game and the Raiders game, and it yeah, it's not it's not a big deal. It, it points given up doesn't account for pace. It doesn't account for uh, just points too. Uh, maybe the, maybe people are accounting for like defensive scores. Not that we've had those, but um, it's it's just a random thing to make Joe Barry look good and to put something on the streak. Uh, I mean, they've barely scored over twenty four points during that streak (laughs) they've scored 27 and 29 the last two games but before that it's 23 19 20 10 17 13 20 18 you got to go back to the falcons before they scored 24 again (laughs) aren't they
2: also like bottom half of the league in points per drive
1: uh yes i believe they are so So there's just a lot of noise in that stat points are never a good way to to tell what a defense is doing
0: uh, we're going to try to fly through. the we, We've got yeah. a lot of questions left.
1: Oh, my all God, we do. Let's go fast. Yeah. Yeah, Holy Scott crap. says,
0: Four weeks ago, I dropped Jordan Love from the fantasy team named after him and missed two Packers games in a row. Apparently, this sent me into simulated reality in which the Packers are good and Joe Barry has activated some kind of cheat code that allows his defense not to be a disaster despite being weak against the run and featuring a secondary entirely of unknown backups. It cannot be all pace and Rashawn Gary, so how is Barry doing this, and should he get some credit for it?
1: Um, a lot of it is... The noise that we just talked about. And a lot of it is that the Packers have actually gotten out ahead over the last few games. And it's the Barry defense is much better when you are ahead and the other team cannot just run over and over again to catch up. Helps a lot. It explains a lot of it. He's been not terrible. And I will give that to Joe Barry. But uh, as we've discussed ad nauseum on this podcast, uh, he is still doing the Joe Barry things that are bad. And eventually they will come back around and hurt you again.
0: Hmm. Danish Cheesehead says I'm a big believer in on the job training. The recruitment potential is much larger, often cheaper, and the training may better install your organization's values in the new employees. Obviously, if you are in a high-leverage situation and or very impatient for the NFL, both, it may not work so well. But my question, how valuable has the following on-the-job training with the Packers this season been? Number one, Jordan Love revealing he may be our future franchise QB. Number two, the bunch of first- and second-year wide receivers and tight ends, which will be... Uh, on cheap contracts in the big year 2025. And Joe Barry, number three, who suddenly seems to have been taught by Matt Luffler <laughs> just a bit of adjustment and flexibility. Please count me in the confused about Joe Barry camp.
1: First two huge. Not as much adjustment yeah. as we said. Earlier. Yeah.
2: First two. I was gonna say, like we can just end the Joe Barry discussion here. Skip yeah. over all things. Um also, by the way, shout outs to Big Believer in on the job training. I have an associates. I work a pretty lucrative career. Tear the paper ceiling.
1: <laughs> um Yes. Jordan Love, I think, is a good example. Not a lot of teams actually sit quarterbacks. Uh, Whenever this discussion comes up of whether you should play them right away or sit right away, uh, most people, nerds especially, say you should play them right away, you're wasting value if you don't, etc., and that there's not a big enough sample size to evaluate how sitting a quarterback actually works. Um, That's true, but that's not an actual answer, and for the Packers, it's worked really, really well. It's probably a good idea, especially when you have a quarterback who can benefit from— like mechanics coaching from uh, the kind of practice that's not game practice, where you're working on things that just in college you didn't have any work doing. Uh, raw guys with a lot of physical talent, guys like Love and uh, guys, guys like, like Tim Boyle. Uh, yeah, no, but <laughs> Rodgers too, where Rogers was a mechanical mess coming out of. Uh, Cal and got fixed up nicely as well. So yeah, on to the top training, very good for quarterbacks, and the Packers system clearly works very well. Same thing for number for the the receivers too.
0: Mattingly Syburn says one of the more encouraging signs for Love during the past five games is the increase in his completion percentage. Yep. I'm trying to wrap my head around how sustainable this recent trend is. Seems difficult to delineate how much of his early season accuracy issues are due to his ball placement, and how much comes from the fact that he's throwing to an inexperienced group of route runners. A receiver breaking his route off too early at an incorrect angle or with incorrect timing could make the throw inaccurate. Is there any way of quantifying this? How much of his improvement in completion percentage would you attribute to better ball placement, and how much would you attribute to the improvement of his
1: receivers? Uh, I think most of it is on the receivers. Uh, they were they were just very very bad for the first part of the season. They're now routinely in the right place and are making hard catches where they didn't before. I do think his ball placement has gotten better too. But I think that the surrounding cast has helped them quite a bit.
2: I was gonna say seventy thirty receivers ball. Yeah, placement. Yeah, I think that's
0: about right. Dutch Boy Five says, "I'm really not a roller coaster fan, and I really hope this is not one of them. Uh, really not one of those questions. I presume hard to believe where we were at." The- Hard to believe where we were at the low five games ago to the high now. Love better execution, better play calling, Barry not totally screwing up. Nervous that we might be headed for a little fall, or as Paul would say, regress to the mean. What say you? Is this just part of the up-and-down ride, or do you think we stay close to this level of execution? Also, if you're a roller coaster fi- fan, what
1: is your favorite? Ooh. <laughs> um, I'm sure there will be some downs. We are riding high right now. We are playing some of our best football, but young teams do... All teams in the NFL have ups and downs, young teams especially. And the, the rest of the schedule is easy. Uh, I, I agree with JR, what he said earlier. I think we'll drop one to at least one, maybe two, to some of these lesser teams. We'll have just a letdown game. But I think uh, all things considered, that that's part of the NFL, not specific to this team. And this team is good. I think they've shown enough that they that we can count on that. So enjoy the ride and you know, don't get too down when they actually do drop one or two because this season's been good. And... uh the, I just was actually I took my kids to Epcot the other day and the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster at Epcot rules. It's great. Highly recommend.
0: I get sick on those things, man. I can't I can't even do like oh, I, the so, wizard at Great America. I can't even do.
2: So I grew up with Cedar Point, right? Oh yeah. So yeah. Millennium Force is probably my answer. Because at the time it was the like when it was built, it was the fastest and tallest roller yeah. coaster in the world. But it's actually a good roller coaster. It's not just a gimmick. Right. So, like, it uses its speed to have a good
0: loop, and it's it's great. The uh, uh, Cedar Point's where I first saw the Dragster, and I would just watch it because it is fascinating to me. This is a mm-hmm. roller coaster that is over in a very short period of time. It just— 27 was, seconds. 27 seconds. I would have said it was less than that, actually. It just takes you up as high as you can imagine and then back down again— in in this incredible like zero to 90 speed i'm sure it's not 90 i'm sure it's like it's it's 125, but it looks 125 in less than two seconds it oh. is not 125 miles an hour it yeah. is a fascinating terrifying i will ne- i would never set foot on it well actually i probably could handle that because my body won't have time to get sick but uh <laughs> so it, wow as
2: as a as a michigander who was a cedar point regular i made fun of the top thrill dragster constantly because it was a four-hour wait for a 27-second yeah, ride. Right. Oh my goodness! And the first three years of its running, it only made it over the hump about 70 percent of the time. Oh, so dude, it would actually go nice. up and then come back down. Yeah, um, until I would the, die. So the tech and they had signs that were like, "If it goes up and comes back down, that's your ride. Get off."
0: Like, oh boy! All right. But I would die a, a week oh before
2: I moved to Colorado. Uh, it was it was like late September. And so school was in session, and my buddy Chris and I played hooky, and we did a road trip over to Cedar Point. We got there right when the park opened, and we just walked up to the front of the Top Thrill Dragster. And with no weight, it is one of the best roller coasters experiences you could <laughs> ever have. It's not worth sure. a four hour wait. Yeah, so if you, if you can sucker. just get on and ride it, it is okay. The Top Thrill Dragster is the only roller coaster I've ever been on that has a camera at the beginning. because it's the it's the takeoff
0: that's that's the thing right like you're just sitting there and suddenly you're top speed it's wild yep
2: so you can see the you can see the camera you're like it's right there it's 30
0: feet in front of me and you're like what is that gonna do no it's good time yeah k time seven before the game i told my wife that if that we win if we score a touchdown on the first drive since she did not engage and went on living her life i will turn to you guys feels like we can manage the game defensively with a lead still offering the middle of the field and then trying to clamp down in the red zone that seems amplified in the fourth quarter of the last two games. Couple that with an authentic run threat, hence the long drives. So, this scheme works great. Do you feel confident if we punched first? This has been Matt Lafleur's weakness in the past.
1: Yeah, they're better if they get up. They absolutely are. Helps Hell, with Barry, yeah. helps everything
0: 100%. Shouts to Ben Sims. Yeah. First touchdown catch, first Lambeau leap. Marvelous. Also,
2: shout outs to uh, everyone who's not. A Packer fan who was like watching that and going, "Oh, they're going to run it," and I'm like, "Oh, hey, look, they're in. They're in a two tight end set and power eye. It's going to be play action."
1: Yep. Like- <laughs> I knew that was going to be a Ben Sims touchdown. Just was
0: Royce Newman eligible on that play? I do not believe. I so. don't
1: think he was because I think okay. there was another tight end on the other side too.
0: It was uh
2: um Craft.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Craft on the other side. If yeah, Royce so, Newman so caught it. Cr- touchdown it would change
0: everything i feel about him i would personally <laughs> love
2: him. if royce newman catches a touchdown i will change the podcast thumbnail to be royce newman catching a <laughs> touchdown <laughs> So good.
0: all right uh last one here case of the sunday berries just wanted to thank you all for letting us know that you use some of the patreon money for good charity I feel better about asking a dumb question now. Which Packers running back is your favorite all time? For me, it's prime Eddie Lacy, speaking with Tubbs language there. Uh, love a violent running game that isn't just incidental quads to the head. <laughs> best favorite running back. I love it. I mean,
2: so I love a good Twitter deep dive, and Eddie Lacy had just one of the best Twitter deep dives from his time in Alabama. Um, also, yeah, I talk very much about how much I enjoy Eddie Lacy, the person and following him and uh brandon uh last name escaping me at the moment jackson yeah no brandon jackson the seattle Seattle game brandon uh the tight end uh, oh brandon bostick brandon bostick thank you uh eddie lacey and brandon bostick are best friends and they have a lot of content together and they are just two lovable dudes so yeah it's for me it's got to be Eddie
1: When's Dorsey Levins, who was ahead of... Well, also Brandon Jackson. But Dorsey Levins, who was ahead of his time as an outstanding power runner and pass catcher when that was not really a thing yet uh, and underrated, uh, and not a long-lasting career, but one of the best rushing seasons in uh, Packer history.
2: Also a monster in NFL Blitz.
1: As he should be. He is a monster. In, he is one of the best players in NFL Blitz. He's great.
0: Yeah, he probably... Ha- his catch in the, you know, against Carolina on that first... Oh and the the and deep, deep sideline, yeah. I mean, it's hard not to think of him just because that's like the first wave of success that we experienced as as like cognizant human beings when the Packers. Well, we weren't even alive. We weren't alive in the '60s, late '70s. So, um, so yeah, he. I, I like him. I I really, if if we're not picking a Packer, the the beastquake the Marshawn. I mean, Marshawn Lynch obviously being a large human being who just like ran over dudes. I love it the beast quake where he just kind of threw a guy off of him. I will never forget how hard I laughed when I saw that the first time. So that's, that's in my wheelhouse. I I enjoyed, uh, enjoyed watching him run. I haven't, I mean like since the West coast offense became a thing, I haven't really like running backs aren't usually the fixation for, for a team. You know, like I respected all of them. I'm on green when he was really good and yeah, I liked him, but they were never like the players I wanted to see on a Packers team, you know? Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, we're We're done.
1: done. Good job. Nicely done. Good. That's a lot of questions. Thank you all for the questions. Mm. Um, that was that was a great game. Fire so up. before we get out of here, uh, Jr. Anything you want to plug? Any Swifty and comment stuff out there? Anything uh,
0: else? Yeah, we've got welcome to New York because uh, they're going to the New York, and uh, I I don't have anything really fresh. I, I got to do this really cool thing on Tuesday night where I hosted. Um, I was I was kind of the MC for an event in our office in downtown Milwaukee where a lot of our readers got a chance to meet Tom Silverstein, the, the Packers beat reporter and, you know, just kind of did a little question and answer and it was super fun. And it's, it's the second time we've done one of those and he's so, he's so good, man. I, he's just really good. So I would really encourage you to follow his live blogs, the amount, the volume of questions that he interacts with <laughs> or, or can't interact with. Cause there's just so many of them in addition <laughs> to reporting on what's happening. In addition to being able to write stories afterwards, like I, I don't know if people understand what a feat of brilliance that is. He is so good at this. He's been doing this for, you know he's been in the newspapers for 39 years and 30, 34 with the with the packers so i uh, really love this guy he's fantastic he's just, he's just a really good dude um so i just encourage people to check it out at packersnews.com jsonline.com obviously tom's also on the green 19 podcast which i imagine many people who listen to this one probably know what that is or yeah. have listened to it so uh just uh, just plug in that stuff cuz uh, cuz they they i really i just love our packers team they're just really good really really
1: good they're great spoon rules all everybody should do that um, yeah
2: spoon spoon's a goat
1: yep. seriously <laughs> uh matt got anything
2: yeah so still writing betting content in acme packing company find me for opening lines as well as player prop bets day of the game but as always call your best friend tell him you love him open yep. your best bottles life
1: is short yep still getting rich on don'tavian too so um. yeah <laughs> the streak has
2: restarted by the way we <laughs> lost the streak because he was injured but it's back
1: we, we should still count that um, okay, right. so, well then it's it is uh,
2: six games in a row that he has hit the over.
1: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, my my shepherd column's up there. Um, I did try and record a parody song based on Taylor Swift and Bon Iver's "Exile," and I did not get that done. Not because I couldn't sing it, and not because I didn't have lyrics written, uh, but because the karaoke version that I got as background music turned out to be just ever so slightly slower than the actual song and no. i sing it to the actual song and so i went to go and edit it and it was it was just not working and i had to give up so um you will not get to hear that but <laughs> <Bad>. <laughs> it's a really ugly version somewhere um but uh yeah that'll do it there'll be the mini pod on friday previewing the game with the giants i'm going to be on a giants podcast on friday too i will tweet that out when it happens because i forget what it's called i feel bad about that right now um but yeah that'll do it for us we have the giants on monday night football for some reason and uh, hopefully we get through this against Tommy DeVito. But yeah, should be fun. Enjoy the roller coaster. It is on on the upswing right now. Go pack. Tablood footprints in your